0: Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. In which case, I will press record, and we're, we're going to go for this, um, having not had a pre-conversation, which we, we normally do, uh, before we start recording. But you know what? I think that's going to make it all the more fun. Uh, so hello, Lee. Welcome to another podcast. Great to see you. I see that yeah. you've, you've embraced Christmas finally.
1: Uh, yes, you know, uh, decorations. Putting the deck in December, Chris. That's that's where we're at.
0: Um, so I, yeah, I
1: am. I am. All, I am all go now for a bit of decorating. It it can begin.
0: So you, do you put the no in November, which is no decorations in November?
1: Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Like that's that that's just wrong. I mean, I even struggled. That is it. The first Sunday of Advent was the last Sunday in November this year, wasn't it? So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, could about, I could about get on board with that because it was a weekend.
0: Well, my was... no of November is the uh, no to no Christmas in November. <laughs> uh, so it started early for me and I'm, I'm banging that drum. We did do a survey on Instagram and it did wildly come back the result when I did check it. I only checked it once and it was about 70% of people did not put their decorations up in November. So uh, in the UK, at least for the people we've surveyed, uh, Scrooges abound. And uh, and you are one of them, Lee. The chief, the chief Ebenezer Screw. That is, so. they are they they are my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, well, on that note, um, today we're going to be talking about uh, community work and how the church can think about running community. So uh, the big question to ask is: Should your church run community activities themselves? So, you know, there are some problems and some advantages with running community activities yourself. Um, and there is, of course, a difference between engaging in community activities and, and actually, you know, running them yourself. So you can engage in a community activity as a church, but not necessarily run them. Yeah. Um, so, Lee, just Big help topic. me set the scene here with, with that. What, what are the kind of things we need
1: to start thinking about on this? Uh, it's the point when, and we, we we've we've been talking about this even even prior to coming here today about the you know when we say things like we're meeting the needs of the community where our churches are, it's well, are, are you saying those needs are that they don't have a church therefore you're part, you're providing you know the religious activity which obviously as a church you've, you've got quite an imperative to do that's the you know the there's one of the one of the sole purposes you know reaching people. Um we we talk about proclamation and advancing the, the Christian faith and all these things that appear in the objects as we register as charities for those that that need to. And then you've got actually needs of the community, like what 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 is happening? Is there high unemployment? Are there um low literacy levels? Are there needs with homelessness in the kind of like you know the you know the wider areas around the the, the church location? Um, is it an affluent area is it you know are you is it is it people in isolation and loneliness and you can look and work these things out I think that you know the, the, the dangers are churches that become so much about the activity that they stop the church piece and actually you're more ministry and project and it's all outward and it dilutes what we're there for and so everyone goes they're a great this organisation, they know you by name, but it all refers to these works you do. But nobody really comes in, starts engaging with a discipleship pathway, goes to baptism or anything like that. But everybody knows them as this community help. And then you've got it's about where you put your finance, um, and what the cost is to you. Maybe it does dilute what you do as a charity and what your objects are. Um, and maybe, maybe individuals in your church should be taking that step into running their own businesses, projects, ministries, charities, and going and outworking them as themselves. And maybe it's not the church's responsibility to take what sometimes it can be a pet project, you know, and the church ends up liable and responsible for something because an individual didn't take it off on their own. And like, well, how do we equip and enable people that see great things to go and do, to go and do that thing and be the all that they are called to be, rather than making them think that the church is the structure that, that everything should run under? Like, where's the where's the bit of sending? And so, you know, the church should probably own some projects, but not all projects, and actually should be creating individuals and doing discipling and building people to go and deliver things and work in the community. Also. Nine times out of 10, I bet there's an organisation not too far away from you that is already doing a work that is similar. So are we just setting it up again because we don't like their theology uh, or, you know, we think we can do it. better? like, what's the motivation behind why the church is actually getting involved here as opposed to us going, actually, no, light of the world. We're going to go and be involved. We can bring something of ourselves to this and actually serve and partner and do it well and be a great example of the church in the life of others um that's that's some of the immediate things that come to mind i doubt we're going to like answer off like every topic but as usual we're here to kind of help expand the thinking and maybe bring a bit of uh, a, a poke to where 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 some of us are at with that and just say that you know i've seen churches do this well and i've been in churches that have where things haven't gone so well and you know we've got to remember the fallout and the cost of when these things work as well as when they don't work we need to be mindful of that yeah
0: absolutely so to to begin with I was thinking through what is let's go back to basics and the basics is what what why does the church exist in the world which sounds like a really really you know, ethereal question. Um, but actually, I think this is really fundamental for us to be able to answer this question to get to the point of thinking about community work and engaging in the community needs. Uh, the role of the church. So I did a kind of a why, uh, why, what, and how in a very Simon Cynic way. Um, so let's say, so what the church exists to do is to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So the Lord's Prayer. I think that is the fundamental, what God is doing in, you know, that's his mission in the world to do. Yeah. That's what, that's the end state. (laughs) Yeah. That's the end state is God wants his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Now that's, you know, that can be done in part now and in part when Christ returns. So that we'll hold that, but so how, well, let's go to the why. The why God wants kingdom on earth as it is in heaven is because He wants His dwelling with humans. You know, the dwelling of God is now with men. This is very much a, a revelation thought, but it's actually it's a it's a theme through the whole Bible. Is the the dwelling of God with with people is is why He wants His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So how and then and it's how do we reach that? How do we move towards that? This side of the return of Christ. And Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. So the role of of the church is to bring God's kingdom by making disciples. Now, interestingly, when we engage in community activities, uh, it's doing the role of bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, because I think that is part of it. But it's not doing it via the vehicle of making disciples. And I think that's really fascinating to think about it, that it's it's doing one, and I think that's really important, and we need to celebrate that. But it doesn't do it in the unique vehicle or the unique way that the the church has been called to do, which is the, to do it by making disciples. So I think it's, it's important. It needs to remain. Community activities need to remain. But And, and it, I guess and when we think about what it does for the person who is, engaging in that community activity so the person serving volunteering their time that is they are being discipled by doing that but the recipient of that there's not a discipling you know it's meeting needs it's those kind of things yeah but it's not they're not making disciples per se um so i think it's really important to note and i think that this is probably where we can get on to the the next thing which is the kind of the role of parachurch organizations or mission organizations or ministries or however we want to describe it, because I think that, that um, they've had a bit of a, um, a bad rap with some churches. I remember hearing some church, you know, churches talk quite disparagingly about parachurch organizations. And, you know, we are a parachurch organization um, ourselves. So uh, we um, we have to, you know, admit our biases on this. Um, that actually, I, I think the role of parachurch organisations do a great job in bringing that, uh, helping God's kingdom come on earth by acting, you know, bringing the the love of Christ to people and the compassion of Christ to people. But they do it without making disciples, and I think that that's is important to distinguish between the two.
1: Know, faith backed and faith based organizations, it's, you know, meeting the need that idea that, you know, some senses, you know, the poor you'll always have with you is like being able to pour out and bring service to look after those who maybe can't do things for themselves, not expecting anything in return as, an, as a more altruistic act is, I believe, part of being a servant. It's of, of using my gift and actually our job is to, you know, in one sense, sow through that, I would hope that something of the nature of why we did it came across, but no expectation and no, you're only going to get this soup or this place to stay. If you accept Christ or we can pray with you actually, no, we don't want to put stipulations on anything either. We just want to be in that position where, Actually, somebody needed helping, so I helped. It's about it's about me, not them, at that point, and any sacrifice or how we do it. And I think that the 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 para nature of how those things work is, you know, structured and set up to deliver need and aid and support in a way that doesn't care who it's for. Um, and then there's others that are there actually to try and engage people with the faith um and 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 bring them through and that's that that part and parcel of it but don't hide it be upfront about it i think the other thing is as well we don't want any bait and switch with the activities and the community projects that we run that look like one thing and then by the back door or something else like that's that's not fair actually we we are we're going to serve we're going to meet the need and that's about us out who we are or are we going to actually create something that's about engaging people and more evangelistic in its outreach in its outworking, and you know they're are the things to watch for is the, the, the motivations behind it, um, and how we set them up. And I don't think either is wrong. It's about the clarity and how we communicate them. Are are we are we being open and honest about what this project is here for and what its job is and what it will do? Um, and, you know, as Christians say, even in the workplace, is like most of us will work for places that we would maybe term, you know, not Christian employers. Most, you know, lots of jobs out there. but it doesn't stop you being a Christian in the workplace, spotting a need, you know, going above and beyond and doing something. Maybe if somebody asks you why it leads to that conversation, but you wouldn't you don't go in there you know mission mission field minded doesn't mean that you're in there with a little preaching station by your desk all the time it's you know it's 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 how we how we open it up and i think it's just being clear about that and again it comes down to communication comes down to why have we set this up what's its purpose and then how do we deliver it Um, So it comes back to your points again. I think the whole thing always goes full circle, but just be really open and honest. Be prepared to have that conversation about what you're setting up to do. Yeah, that's right. I really
0: like the idea of, you know, parachurch organizations, mission organizations, because I think what it does is um, when we're thinking about the church, I think it can create really clear lines for the church as to what it's there to do. And if we say that what the church exists to do is to make disciples, it means that the parachurch organizations can meet the needs of the community. And those those two things can interact, but they can interact in and and remain separate. And they can have different mission statements, because I think the job of meeting the needs of a community is a different mission to um, to discipling people. Um, they are both very, very necessary for the for the work of Christ in in the world, uh, but they they're they're doing different things, complementary, and I think yeah. that's where it, by keeping them separate and for the church for a church not to be uh, too much getting involved with running community organisations, I think there's a health in that because it can focus on what its primary goal is to do, which is to make disciples and then use. Uh, these parachurch organisations, mission organisations, all those kind of things as partners. And I think that it just keeps really clear lines.
1: Yeah. And I think there's people that lead and work in the power organisations will still be within a church context personally. I think it's it's when churches then get sometimes pushed or feel that they should absorb those kind of like ministries and power organisations when maybe they're actually not viable on their own and then it ends up being this resource hungry thing that the church has taken on when perhaps it shouldn't and as a result it takes things away from what the church should be doing in its own right because it, it, it it's blurring what it should be doing and how it outworks um and I, I think you know that's 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 a bit of a distinction as well it's actually what what you prepared to give permission to and what are you prepared to give resource to and I think that, you know I think that's borrowing a little bit from Alan Scott I think he was the guy that turned that phrase about his church was you know everything gets permission but not everything gets resource and I think that's probably not a bad way to look at it is actually people in the church if they feel really motivated and see a need like actually is it viable like do we look at the viability of these things and maybe, maybe as a church, we agree to you know stand with them, pray with them, support it. Maybe even give to it. But it doesn't mean we need to take on the liability of it. Maybe that, maybe that individual. This is this is something in their own progression to outwork who they are and what God has called them to. To go and lead something that's outside. Uh, to go and to go and serve that 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 you know that paranature of how it can be delivered. Um, and I, I think you know I think that's important because otherwise we can can really. Drain a, a church of uh, a lot of resource and energy and supporting and running something that becomes the focus rather than what we're really there to do. At the end of the day, we want people coming through, we want to see people uh entering discipleship, we want to see people getting baptized because that's one of our biggest signs that the church is actually organically growing and seeing health within those individuals to be all that they are called to be. So Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, that, that, that
0: term of, you know, having limited liability is a, you know, it's a business term that we use in limited companies, but what it means is that what the money that you invest is, is, is the maximum of the money that you can lose. And I like that thought because, you know, you think about, you know, faithful Doris in a church who has a passion for, um, you know, Kite flyers, or something, or um, you know, wants to help. Um, I don't know. Give, give Lee, give me a, give me a mission. Homeless. Let's okay. do the homeless.
1: Yeah, homeless. Passion does. to help
0: the homeless. Let's do that. And so she starts a a program within the church to help the homeless. The problem is that Doris gets pretty burnt out doing this, and decides that she needs to take some time out and ends up leaving the church. Goes to another church. Now, Doris has now left a a hole that the church now has to prop up and it's they they take on the liability of that organization whereas if in a different scenario doris is faithful doris is really passionate about the homeless so what she decides to do is realizing that there's no other homeless organizations in her town because that'd be the first thing you you go well what can you go and help a homeless charity in your town and and so that could solve the problem already um, but realizing that there isn't such a thing to help any homeless people within her own town. She starts a parachurch organization, you know, uh, the homeless mission to help them. And now the church says, well, we think this is a great thing and we want to meet, you know, that's something we can meet in the needs. What we're going to do is we're going to use our our generosity budget to support you. But what that doesn't mean, now, if Doris gets um, burnt out, that's that's it's a separate organization and that's, um, you know, that's up to there's not the liability on the church to have to carry that. Because yep. actually, mm. and what the, the benefit for Doris in this scenario as well, um, is that she is also free to go and find funding from other sources rather than just her church. Yeah. Um, so the church I mean, can be one of them.
1: Yeah, this is this is one that I've actually seen from within a church that I've I've been part of in the past that that an individual started a project that was done within the church and they did get to that point where actually because they were the focal point of it it did weigh heavy on them to a point that they did leave the project was successful then the church carried it on and this person went to another church somewhere else then when they got their energy back they decided that they now this time had learned some lessons and knew a better way to do it so started the basically the same project again but down the road there are now two projects set up to help the same group of people because this person's passion was to run this project and it hadn't worked in one place so now they're giving it a go somewhere else that that is not healthy that can, that obviously creates problems you don't want to build in your own competition but again you just touched on like are there other organizations out there already doing it who else is already doing these works or who else could do more of that work if you went and volunteered for them? What can you do? Look to where you can be involved. Like it's don't, don't reject that notion that you can go and outwork that in someone else's existing project, existing charity, existing ministry, or even the church down the road that's already doing it. But because you don't like their, uh, thoughts on you know xyz topic like doesn't mean that you can't actually serve with them let's get let's look for the unity on on those on those on those points
0: when we're thinking about what should churches do when they're thinking about running a community activity, is is probably don't run the community activity. Uh, You can birth the community activity if there's a need. But I think probably the first thing is to stop, assess, you know, have a look, what is there being done in your community already? Can would it be better if you could go and support, you know, the Salvation Army and send volunteers and you can give of the generosity budget? Would that make a better impact in your community by some by a group organization who's already doing something like that, or you know, Christian aid or whoever that may be? You know, can you partner with an organization? And who's already doing it and they're doing it effectively and they can get funding from other organizations and other sources to be able to do that work. So firstly, like before you start something, who is doing it? So is 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 somebody already meeting that need? And then the next one is if if there isn't anyone, then then the thought of launching something that would meet a need for a group of people make that a separate organization firstly because of i think funding makes it a lot easier and i've seen uh, there's been a bit of a trend where churches have started setting up separate charities to to have different you know articles of association to uh, you know different charitable aims to be able to then get funding from different sources whereas in reality it might as well you might as well just have a separate organization that you partner with with that limited yeah. liability rather than having to still take on the the burden of okay if this runs its course then the church has to prop all of that up and they has to hire staff and all of that stuff when you're starting to work on okay how are we going to hire staff how are we going to find a building to house this you know furniture project and how are we going to find the you know that's all just taking your focus away from the mission of the church which is to disciple people
1: yeah absolutely and i know we're making quite a a a direct distinction here which might seem a bit artificial maybe for some that are listening but we're also thinking about scale like there are large churches where this is less of an issue because of scale but actually where the majority of churches are under 100 people what you get involved in can very quickly shift the focus and take you down a very different path so a lot of the churches that we engage with and talk to um have often had projects that are maybe now spinning them out into their own entity which leaves them with a church now with a unique purpose and a project with a unique purpose and the, the two of the two have grown to an extent that they need treating differently um as well as those that maybe just it it is the the time and attention and what you're set up to run and if you're if you're if your church building is essentially the community center and now you're just managing bookings and all of the drop-ins and all of the other classes and you know maybe you've got a a little arm of it that's got a, a doctor in it or something like that it's like that these are these are all good things but are you now there to manage a building rather than develop and from your church is like you know you've got have got to understand what you're there for maybe if you've discovered that in leading one of these that actually you are more about that rather than the church side of it in which case find somebody who is pastoral you know it's you've got you know build these things up and there's all there's no shame in things changing over time either um but but generally like we've worked with large churches and when I say large church, I'm talking like four five hundred plus in terms of congregation size. Running things and having them be run because the church is who they are normally gives them that scale, that size, normally a location and a base to operate from, which actually serves the community, gives some recognition because of, you know, there's trust signals and there's more people within the community. But it does end up being employed, takes liability, extension of your insurance and good procedures, policies, uh, etc uh, maybe it's running a nursery or something like that you know that serves the community because there wasn't one there before um, you know those kind of things it, it, but it becomes easier actually a lot of this we're talking about a scale is because of the size literally smaller churches the impact of doing this is greater um, so you know that that's the thing that would be would be very mindful of.
0: Yeah, I think if you're if you're starting out and you're wanting to get involved in community activities, remembering that the church doing community activities does not need to be the church organization doing community activities. It is the church, the people. Yeah, get the people involved in serving the community because I think that is, uh, and the church organization can be the the role in discipling people so that the church can bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven by serving the least of these. And I think that's, I think that's just if you're starting out and starting to think about it, it's such a, helpful distinction because and then you can think about okay what is the church organization the church itself's role you know the church organization's role in this and you can think okay well we can send volunteers we can support those organizations we can send money from our our uh, generosity budget and uh, for churches that maybe haven't thought about that a generosity budget i think is something that is vital for every church set that you know percentage of your income aside every single year that you can give to other organizations and and individuals that are making a difference um so think about that so money and volunteers are such a great way of being able to keep that distinction but it's still empowering and enabling your church congregation to make a difference in the world
1: absolutely absolutely and it doesn't mean that like the mission of why your church exists in an area and what it's trying to do is actually to build and develop and enable and equip people and if they're taking part in that mission and they all go and set up shops businesses create employment run projects serve and volunteer as part of the life of that local geography and community then your church is achieving it without having to own it or take the ultimate responsibility because you are owning the development and the process and that is something that the church is fundamentally best placed to do
0: yeah and i i would agree that actually you know in helping people set up businesses and 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 encouraging people to set up businesses because i think business is a great way to be able to meet needs in communities in a sustainable way it's um it, it doesn't always just always have to be in a charity sense where it's, you know, it's a not for profit. I think there is the profit sector is is meeting needs of the community. And I think that's I think the entrepreneurs that are in our congregations uh, should be encouraged that what they are doing is, um, you know, if as long as they are doing it ethically and they're trying to see God's kingdom come on earth, that is that they are playing a vital part in the community activity and it's always helping them to understand that community mindedness that people focus with it who are they serving and how are they helping to make the world a better place more like God's kingdom on earth and I think that so I think that there is, there's definitely that case that if we encourage entrepreneurs, it means that we can encourage people to start mission organizations and keep, and then in that sense, it keeps the the church really laser focused on what its jobs is there to do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. No, I am, I am with you. Okay, <laughs> the silence is because of agreement.
0: I mean, this is—it's not often that I get silence from you, Lee. I, I feel like I've, uh, I've reached a new zenith of. Uh, of I don't know what is new is a new status where I've I've said something and I've I've got silence from you um because I, I don't know I don't I don't know how this feels this is new for me
1: oh, I, I I'm glad uh you uh you know be, be well
0: <laughs> <laughs> well on, on that we've only got a short amount of time today um and um it's mo- mostly because what happens is is we start recording these podcasts but before we start recording it we end up having a good long chat and then we think oh maybe we should record this and then and then we start recording and then we talk for about 40 50 minutes and uh and so these podcasts could be two hours but i think i think the listeners are grateful that they are not yeah we'll start um, breaking
1: down like, I, th- I mean to, to touch back on 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 that point that, that final piece though is you know and i think we mentioned it right at the beginning is When you're looking at needs and you're doing that, like, don't shut. Don't work with just circumstantial evidence about a need or a requirement or how something's operating. Don't be afraid to put in the work, do proper feasibility, planning, even even if I use the term business plan to understand viability, to know that your project has actually got an ability to work. Because often I've seen it with, you know, the hunch that something is an issue, when you dig deeper, isn't actually the issue, and it's something else. So just be mindful that you're not jumping to solve a problem that you you're only seeing through one lens um, as well. And I think that's you know maybe that's more where our work comes in, Chris. Is that this you know this power aspect is helping people think that through and look at the research and the objectives and how you uh, learn about what's going on in the area. Get get some people from your church to understand what's going as well. Here's a great great one: go and get involved in forums and boards of local civic things that are happening, so you actually understand what's going on in your area. Whether that's how they're going to roll out vaccination schemes, and whether you can do do that kind, you know what what that looks like in your region. Even you know just literature and you know signposting, through to knowing about schools developments and uh you know where they're building and factories and you know all these kind of things like actually have your finger on the pulse of the community actually have somebody who so within a charity world we would have within within a charity doing this we would expect there to be a trustee who was responsible for understanding the you know the environment and everything around you to see that what you were doing was actually addressing and meeting those needs as a church have some people who are committed to keeping an eye on that, listening out, being involved, holding those forums, attending those meetings um, to actually help your church best know how to serve. I think that would be a good thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think d- definitely the the thought of starting a community project or something brand new when there's, there's A, no need for it, or B, someone else is doing it. That you're just going to waste time and resource and energy and goodwill of people. Um, and I think that uh, for the church to get better at partnering with, with organizations so that it doesn't have to completely agree with in every sphere, but if it's helping it achieve the, the aim of that, what that charity or that organization is there to do, then partnering with a charity that it doesn't, it doesn't have to have the same theology but it does want to have the same you know if it if it's reaching the outcome you know let's let's say it is homelessness let's say you're you know you can partner with a an organization that's meeting homelessness and it, you don't have to agree with every single part of it and i think that's really helpful because if it's already meeting the need let's let's go there it's meeting that need and meeting the needs is the most is the more important thing about about that kind of bringing god's kingdom on earth um and um i think that's that's a really helpful thing Um, Lee, we're going to call it, we're going to call it time
1: there. Um, an absolute pleasure as always, Chris
0: and, and and me for you as, as well. It is always a great pleasure to talk with you about these things. We'll have another, um, topic next week. And, um, but first off, um, just to say thank you again for putting your Christmas decorations up. I think everyone appreciates the fact that, uh, you've embraced Christmas and I'm, I'm expecting to hear the uh the synopsis of many a hallmark movie over the coming weeks
1: oh here we go right don't don't push it chris don't push it (laughs) (laughs) i'm limited you know what I, i i'm gonna go for home alone that that's the one i think i think the kids are gonna love it as much as i do i think home alone is uh is is a great one
0: yeah no it is home alone is very good my uh my oldest Indy, who's five watched home alone one and two already I feel like I've I feel like I've gone full on for Christmas already. And she found it very funny. You know, I think two two grown men falling over multiple times. Um
1: Yeah. Whereas I'm of the opinion, I don't know if I want to give my kids ideas.
0: Yeah, although I'm pretty sure that that in like my daughter isn't gonna chuck a brick off a, a roof onto my head and find it yeah, funny. Like,
1: you've met my son though, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, good, good, good point on that one. Um, so yeah, maybe one for the yes. It is, it's a great, it's a great Christmas movie, and I think one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's no uh, Muppets Christmas Carol for me, uh, which is the greatest Christmas
1: movie you know what, of all time. You know what? Actually, you know what? Admission, Chris, thinking confessions here. Total thinking admission. Uh, we did watch Muppets Christmas Carol on Sunday, which <gasps> was technically still November.
0: I uh, so I reserve Muppets Christmas Carol only only for christmas eve it has like special pride of place
1: okay right we shouldn't get into superstition at this point chris no it's not superstition
0: (laughs) it's tradition Tradition. um (laughs) um, i know uh, it's
1: always been done this way it's well no it's a nobody should ever say
0: it's a new it's a new bright family tradition to um to watch muppet christmas carol on christmas eve um whilst we um whilst we wrap the presents and uh so that means the kids aren't even watching it. The kids are in bed. Um, yeah, I was going to say
1: right. We've just had an insight into your life now, Chris.
0: Yes. And and I'm 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 glad that people do have that and I think probably this is the time to say goodbye. So um on that on that bombshell, uh, we will say goodbye. Lee, yeah, let me speak out with for, you Look always. out on
1: social media for the Christmas movie poll.
0: Yes, let's do that. Okay. Right, Lee, I will I will catch you next
1: week. Bye for now. Cheerio.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church, and we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye for now.